My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagoner. We're back. This is Art LeBeau inviting you to bring back the 50s and 60s with us this Friday night at Art LeBeau's Oldies But Goodies Club on the Sunset Strip, Hollywood. You'll see old friends and make new ones. Come stag, you must be 21 and over. Continuous dance and show with the Penguins doing Earth Angel, the Larks doing the Jerk, Big Joe Turner with Shake, Rattle, and Roll, to name a few. A total of 10 big rock and roll acts of the 50s. Dance contests with the Mashed Potatoes, the Jerk, the Twist, the Swim, with prizes for contestants. Yes, it's a fall of memories. This Friday and Saturday night, parking next door at the Continental. It's 8433 Sunset Boulevard this Friday and Saturday night. Doors open 8 p.m. Candlelight, music and memories of the 50s and 60s. Art LeBeau saying, see you there. 8433 Sunset Friday night. There he is, the legendary Art LeBeau. That's what our show is about today because we lost Art last week. And uh, your column this week, Richard, is about Art LeBeau. Yes. So I thought what we would do is kind of just have you chronologically follow his career. We never got a chance to interview him, which is too bad, but we can still kind of relive his career on this particular program. It's kind of funny because he didn't really do a lot of interviews because, uh, you know, for one, he was getting a little bit older and his, his uh, mobility was declining a little bit, right. a little bit. But a lot of it was just because he, he was still working. He was yeah. working on the air, basically yep. until the week before he passed away because they did the show ahead of time. Um, wow. And some of it I think he did live. So, he, you know, it's amazing that the guy was working 79 continuous years on the air and he was uh, only 97 years old. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. So where did it all begin for art? It actually began in a weird way, kind of like when I first got my radio, probably when you first got your radio, some which I'm around the age of seven, eight, nine. Um, his sister happened to give him one, and he was just enthralled by it. He's mentioned that word many, many times in various interviews over time. And he just loved radio. I don't know if at the time he knew he was going to be in it, but he kind of always dreamed about it. So... He was born in Utah, and then they ended up moving to California and this, lived in um, Southern California. He graduated from Washington High School. Mm. But then he joined the Navy during World War II and ended up being stationed up in the Bay Area. So after he got out of the Navy, he ended up joining KSAN. And that's actually a pretty funny story because here he is. He's a guy that goes in. He's talking to this gruff general manager, and the guy says, uh, you know, your voice is too squeaky. There's no way you could do anything <laughs> on San Francisco radio. And besides, we need someone who has a, a license. We need an FCC license. And he had one. So mm. he goes to his car, and he says, you mean one of these? And the station was so desperate to have people because all of their engineers were called into the service during the war that they ended up hiring him. Wow. So that was his first job. Major wow. station in, uh, in San Francisco, I think, is, is pretty, pretty fitting in a weird way. Yeah. Eventually, he comes down to Southern California 
and he's noticing these new records that are being played, uh, kind of the... I don't know what was the wording they used at the time. I don't want to offend anyone because it's I don't I don't know what the correct word is. Yeah, yeah. race music. They called yeah. it race music exactly. back then. Exactly. That's the word yeah. I was trying to think of. And he recognized the popularity and he recognized that it wasn't really being played. So at times he would I think he was even buying time on KXLA, the precursor to KRLA and playing the music uh there. So he is basically one of the early people to play race music, rock and roll, and then he realized, "Hey, I can do this live." So he started doing it at the drive-ins. Uh what's the drive-in? <laughs> is that Shrivers? Is that the right one? KXLA Pasadena. And we're playing phonograph records. Imperial and Western, we have a lot of friends here from the Colony Club tonight. Our co-sponsor on these broadcasts is the Colony Club, and we have a group of people, I understand, that we're at the Colony tonight. Uh, we're in the back seat of their car now, and there's everything back here, believe me. I'm going to talk to this girl a little bit here. Now, we found an old magazine back here, and the, I pick it up, and it says, uh, this is an old pageant magazine. <laughs> pageant, I say again, it says on the back, what good is a bathing suit? Don't miss... <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's see. We're going to talk now to a petite figure here. Sandra Burkova. Hmm? Sandra Burkova. I figured since you're whispering, you might as well say it into the mic. <laughs> Isn't she gorgeous? That's one of the prettiest customer Scrivener's ever had. Amen. Yes, sir. I tell you, if, if every Scrivener's hamburger were eaten by a girl that looks like this, uh, those hamburgers would be the happiest things in the world. You know? Of course, you know, the main reason I mentioned that, because she was a customer at the Colony Club tonight, too. Oh, well, we won't hold that against her. Let's find out about the driver here. What's your name? Would you tell me? You don't have to, you know. The real name? Well. Oh, no. Wait a minute Not now. Bad, this, really. What's coming here? How about over here? Not really. You're not going to tell us. Well, all right. people. Yeah, everybody but Sandra is shy. Well, anyway, there's a lot of things in the back seat here we wish we could show you, but we can't. There's an old coffee pot here. Some bedroom slippers and an old steak. Yeah, there's an old shoe in here. and. Oh, there's a there's a nice uh, salt shaker and a few old bottles. Of, there's a drum. What does this say? A L T E A L T E S. Oh. Are you listening, Tom Hanlon? Huh? Okay. Well, let's let's go along now and have the next record. We need some music here. As a matter of fact, we have two real good ones by Frank Sinatra and Dagmar. The first one is. Their new novelty release, a real cute one called Mama Will Bark. And the second one is the very fine voice of Frank Sinatra and Try a Little Tenderness. And so he was doing these live broadcasts. And it's funny because he actually had moved. At the time he was doing it, if he did anything that involved dancing, you had to get special permission from the Los Angeles City Schools if oh, it might wow. attract teenagers. So he ended up going out to uh, to El Monte and doing it there where there wasn't the control. And he started having those at, uh, at the drive-in there. And you, you kind of think about the era here. This is, you know, young Los Angeles area, young Southern California. A lot of the kids would go out there to hear the music. It was kind of like... It was kind of like the meeting of all the different ethnicities of Los Angeles from the young people. And uh, I think it's kind of a cool little thing. Yeah, the diversity of, of what music can do in bringing people together. Art was always on top of that. Always. And it, and it held on through the stations that he did. If you remember, yes. and he, he went through various stations. Uh, the one I remember most, just because of my age, is KRLA. I don't know if you uh, know too much about the history of the station, but after they 
left top 40 and after they did the AOR thing, credibility gap stuff that they kind of expanded on, right. they kind of were like just kind of floating in the air for a while. No one really knew what to do with them. All the guys went over to KPPC uh, or, or K-Rock uh, that were part of that. And it was just kind of doing nothing. They were having these ownership problems. Yeah, weren't and, there some legal issues too? Yeah. And, and the all owner sorts of an actual yeah. citizen, uh, yeah. <laughs> something like that. He ends up going in 1975, and he launches uh, Hit Radio 11. And even there, he brought people together. It was the station that my friends listened to, my sister's friends listened to, uh, my friends at school listened to. And again, all ethnicities. He was playing right. oldies and new music. It didn't really matter. I mean, Hall and & Oates and, uh, and the Coasters on the right. same station. And it was a mix of new and old, and i that's something that I still like, and that's something he actually did until the very end. He, he did those oldies but goodies albums, which is a story in and of itself. Yeah, but, he, he developed the term, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. And he brought out the launch of those albums, which, again, that's a great story. Sure. I'll tell that in a second. But KRLA was a great station. that It had huge ratings in the mid-'70s after being nothing for a couple of years. And it really made a – I remember they had a sign contest, make a giant sign for KRLA. And if you if it was noticed, <laughs> you could um, you would win prizes. And I remember even in San Pedro, there were a couple of them. And one was just this giant billboard. Someone actually took it over from the billboard company and painted it themselves. Wow. So it's kind of fun. And again, that was he did it with two people, it was him and Johnny Hayes. I don't know who else was in the background, but the air staff was him and Johnny Hayes. He took over. I think mornings were taped. I think Johnny Hayes uh, did live middays and it was taped other times. And then Art did uh, requests and dedications, always a big part of his life um, at night. And that is War and Cisco Kid here on KRLA. This is Art LeBeau with our nighttime request and dedication program. And that's just what I have here, some requests and dedications. Missing you out in Monterey Park to uh, Melinda from Marianne, to Rose from Norman, baby I'm for real. Only have eyes for you out in Marina Del Rey, to Roxanne from Ralph. Mr. Rubin wants to send a song out to Roxanne. Uh, talk to me. I'll talk to him, Melissa. Why not? Adrian from Sylvia, hypnotized. Out in Garden Grove, nights in white satin to Saul from Betty. Frank from Susie, always and forever. And uh, James would like to hear, it ain't me, babe. And we have another song here, that uh, dedication that came in from Hollywood. It's Buddy Holly and the Crickets and Maybe Baby. Going out to Joan from Jim on KRLA. Memories with Richie Valens, who did his first commercial appearance with me back at El Monte. Yeah, and you mentioned that uh, for a time at Carolay, it was just him and Johnny Hayes, and they were they were using recorded programming to jockey things around. Yeah. But it was just those two jocks on the air, twenty four seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. You know, yeah. what a great way to, I mean, here, I'm sure they talked the owners into it by saying, hey, we can do this cheap. But uh, yeah, it right. launched, it expanded on what he likes to do, which is to expose people to music that's good, uh, whether it's new or old. 
Right. Now, tell us the oldies but goodies story, if you, you know that. <laughs> he said this when, when Don Barrett gave him an award one time uh, for L.A. Radio People. He was talking about where the idea came from. And I think he was actually in San Francisco at the time when the idea came to him. He was with this young lady, and she wanted to set the mood, and she wanted him to play DJ and play music to keep the mood going. And keep, keep in mind, back then, it's 45s. Right. I don't think it was 78s. Could have been. But I think it was 45s at the time. And um, so he puts them on and they get on the mood. They're on the couch snuggling and whatever else. And the record runs up. So he has to get up and then changes the record. And then he gets back on the couch and they're snuggling and then the record runs out. Yes. (laughs) He was thinking to himself, hey, what if what if someone made a, a LP record that had all of these songs on it on one side, all these oldies but goodies that you could put on uh, on there, and that was the the idea behind Original Sound Records, which I think he ended up uh, launching just a few years later. I think I may be wrong. I think that one of my first albums was uh, an Original Sound oldies but goodies, maybe volume um, volume three. I can't remember. Wow. Yeah, I, I've got a few of those in my collection somewhere. And and I remember for years and years, you'd drive down Sunset Boulevard and Original Sound Records was right there on uh, Sunset. And I'm not sure what the cross street was, but you'd see Original Sound Records uh, right there on uh, Sunset Boulevard. And, it was, and you knew exactly what it was about. It was the old, oldies but goodies. And, you know, all of his stations that he ever had always brought in multi-generational things eventually. You know, when the first rock and roll came out, I doubt the parents were actually listening that much. They probably thought it was the devil's music or something like that. Right. But, you know, Carol and later, um, and even when he went back, he was always part of something where, you know, the grandparents listen, the parents listen. Sure. Uh, the kids listen, the grandkids listen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing. And in his later years, those kids that were kids back in the 50s were the grandparents, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it, it was quite impressive that he could do that. And people just love him. I, I've never heard a bad word about him. And his final station was K-Day, right? K-Day, and it also ran, uh, it was kind of a syndicated program, but the station he was really tied with and where everything was based out of was K-Day. You can see him wearing those K-Day shirts. It looks so funny seeing this 90-year-old guy wearing this kind of a rapper shirt, not rapper shirt, but a a hat, rapper hat type thing. (laughs) Right, right. Well, my wife and I went to uh, one of his uh, packaged concerts where you have a bunch of groups. And one of the one of the artists was Coolio, who we just recently yep. lost. Yeah, our art outlived Coolio, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Art would come out, and he was he was rather old and elderly at that point, and he'd come out. He was really a short dude. He might he might have around five feet tall, and he'd shuffle out to do the intro, and he'd do the intro, and then he'd shuffle off, and the band would play. But uh, quite a guy. Quite a guy. And the funny thing is, his original uh, general manager was right. He doesn't have a voice for radio. You know, when it's you true. think back of all those old announcers and stuff, how, you know, deep voice, whatever else. Right. Uh, he right. didn't have that. But he and maybe that's what made him so endearing to everyone. Uh, I believe I may have the timing wrong, but he passed away on a Friday. And I believe he had one of his concerts still run on Saturday. Wow. Amazing. Well, Art LeBeau is going to be missed, etched into L.A. radio for sure, and will always be remembered in L.A. radio. Just a, a great, a great legendary broadcaster. That's all you can say. Yep. There's not many like him. Not many. 
All right. That is our little tribute to art. We'll be back again next week with uh, another edition of Radio Waves. Radio Waves.